You're listening to Legends Cast, a podcast about the cards, the meta, and the community of Legends of Runeterra. This episode is supported by listeners like you. To become a supporter of Legends Cast, visit patreon.com slash legendscast. Let's do this. Hello and welcome to Legends Cast, a podcast about the cards, the meta, and the community of the Legends of Runeterra. I am one of your hosts, Mark, or the Lift, from outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And with me tonight is my legendary and always faithful co-host, Dead Broke Nerd. Dead Broke Nerd, how you doing tonight? Doing super, absolutely super, super, uh, my friend, super, super, because these new cards are awesome. I've been having so much fun. Yeah, if you don't know, we're recording a mere, what, uh, 30 hours or so after the re- 35 hours, maybe after the formal release of Legends of Runeterra. After the mobile release, at least on Apple products of Legends Ruterra, and on the the Twisting Tides, I don't even remember the name of the expansion because it doesn't matter enough. The Bilge Water expansion that came out with the Legends of Ruterra formal uh, release, and it is amazing. Spoiler alert: We both dig it. Yep, we both. I mean, dig I it. knew, I knew I would. I knew I would. Well, they threw pirates at you right off the bat, man. Yeah. I mean, I spent the whole time that I, the whole years that I streamed and recorded YouTube videos saying ahoy. Like, I was gonna like it. <laughs> there wasn't a doubt. <laughs> it is, it is a lot of fun. It is a, it is a lot of fun. I, it is, uh, it is not in any way, shape, or form, um, like sort of, let me down. Um, and if you are, we should probably realize during this episode, right, that there's going to be a whole slew of people that listen to it that maybe have never listened to the show before and are brand new to the game just this week. Right? Is that? Do we yeah, think? I mean, yeah. I, yeah, I actually got one of my best friends into it. Oh, um, nice. I don't know. He's not into it, into it yet, but he will be. He oh, will yeah. be. He's actually, he's actually the guy that got me to try Hearthstone. Oh, nice. uh, Way back, way back. He was like, I was playing L5R and he was like, hey man, there's this Hearthstone game. I'm like, Psh, <laughs> Hearthstone. Don't and he was like, no, seriously, dude, check it out. And I was like, all nah, right. I was bored. I was like, that's right. Brendan said something about this. Doop, doop, doop. And I played it for two years and loved it and then moved on to Elder Scrolls. And then, you know, I mean, so I, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be into digital card games. Yeah. Uh, and because uh, he's the first person who first put the kernel in my head. He incepted it. You know, and uh, and now I, I was like, yo, check out Runeterra. All the reasons you used to love Hearthstone, plus just a better. whole bunch more. Plus better. I mean, he's a, he plays uh, Legend of the Five Rings with me. So he's a he's a gamer. You know, I mean, okay. he's, a, he's a good gamer. You know, he's not like, just Dude. like a poop in a game player like he's right. He's not just it. like a mobile only plays casual Hearthstone. Which we player. have nothing wrong with all of you mobile only uh, casual players. Only play out there. casual. no. No, nothing wrong. Uh, but we actually love you because you are keeping I our mean... games alive. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, we love. No, you. but I mean, like he—he's like it's not just that he only played Hearthstone. You know, like mm-hmm. he—I mean, I, he's in my D and D group. We do all sorts of stuff together, and he plays. He's like an exceptionally competitive uh, 
L5R player too. So like, you know, uh, I was like, dude, you're gonna love it. You just got to check it out, man. And now's the best time. Absolutely. Yeah, dude, it is sick. Um, the mobile client came out and it wasn't supposed to come out until so we're recording on the night of the 29th. So it is supposed to come out like, I don't know, like eight ish, nine ish hours from now. But it actually came out on Apple just shortly after the release. Uh, like literally, I think at one o'clock EST, the uh, the new expansion hit. And by like two thirty, um, you could download the mobile app on on the Apple store. So I've played it on my iPad. I have played it on my phone. And I love it. They did a really good job. I mean, it was kind of clear from the beginning of this game that you even got in on the PC and you were kind of like, this feels like it would feel good on mobile, right? They they crafted this in a way that you can play it on PC, but that you can already tell that this is mobily minded, right? And uh, that is definitely true because it feels really good on the iPad. Yeah, I actually downloaded it. I mean, it, it's also on Android. Okay, so it is out on um, Android. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I download it, uh, but I haven't played a game on it yet because I was just, I'd rather play on my desktop if I'm choosing between the two. Sure. You know? Uh, but I walked in, uh, I, I kind of, I worked late today. Uh, and so I, I came home, you know, pretty late. And I walk into the kitchen uh, and my dad's got his uh, his phone out whilst like dinner's cooking and he's playing it on his phone. Heck yeah. And I'm looking over the shoulder watching him. Uh, what was he playing? He was stomping people with uh, an Ash Sejuani deck. Hey, I was like, I love your dad. He's my new favorite person. Ash, We're going to get a beer together. <laughs> Ash is his, Ash is definitely his favorite champion uh like he, nice. he so i was like dude you got to try out ash and sejuani mark's been mark's been playing that he says it's really fun he's like okay and he went and and uh, crafted a couple <laughs> sejuanis he also he also fit uh he went uh frailyard uh bilgewater with it and he fit one fizz in it really and he's like he's like yeah the thing is he's like i didn't want to craft three sejuanis i crafted two because it'll get the job done and he's like i already had fizz so i put him in and the thing is, like, Fizz is really good at getting those early Nexus strikes, you know? Yeah. So it's like, he's like, when I get it, great. When I don't get it, no, well, but he's still a funny card. I was like, well, that's good reasoning enough. I've been playing a lot of Sinjuani, and I have not actually leveled up Sinjuani yet. What I have Me found neither. is she's just a ridiculously beefy six drop with overwhelm that also can lock something down defensively or offensively that helps level up my ash. So I haven't leveled her up and haven't cared to. I think that's a mark of a decent <laughs> champion. If you don't even care, like my goal isn't even to level her up. It's just like on turn six, I drop Sejuani. That's what happens. Even if I'm not yeah. on the attack that round, she's even better on the attack. I've almost always dropped her on the defense just to be like, well, this is a way for me to put a five, six body on the board and frostbite one of your opponent's minions so well so that's really fascinating because like i have so like because i totally agree like sejuani i haven't gotten her leveled up yet or like one game i did but never drew her predictably oh you know? yeah sure <laughs> but uh um on the flip side i've been playing a decent amount of swain y yeah i know and... i got to play against it on release day <laughs> yeah that's leveled, right. leveled up by like turn two <laughs> Well, that's the thing. So that's it. So, so this is the crazy thing about Swain. And so like I, I initially when we talked, I was like, Swain is sick. You can always get him leveled up. But I, I did have a hard time. I wanted to play Swain in a control deck. And I still think it's possible with like a Bilgewater 
Noxus, but I, I haven't yet started like really going in on crafting Bilgewater because I'm like, I don't know what I want to get yet. Like I, I crafted uh, a couple cards. We'll talk about it later, but I crafted a couple, uh, but like just to fill out a deck that I, I knew like these were cards I was going to craft eventually sure. anyways. But like, I was like, I want to go in on this control package with Noxus, Bilgewater and with Swain. I was like, but I, I can't do that now. But how can I play Swain controlling? Because like you want to use his ability, like, oh, ping the face, stun their guys, swing in, like maybe, maybe mid-range, like a later game yeah. mid-range. Mm -hmm. You know, you you want to do it, but but what I was realizing with Swain is I can get this dude, I can either get this dude leveled up fast, right? Mm -hmm. Like really fast, or I can remove some of that stuff that helps him get leveled up quickly and go with the stuff that's going to help him once he's leveled up but it's really hard to fit in both mm -hmm. it's really hard to fit in the stuff that levels him up while at the same time fitting in the stuff uh that will uh trigger his uh, leveled up ability to stun their back row especially more than once and i i did i have yet to be able to get him to nexus strike and i was even thinking with the exception of when you forgot that that's what he did um but like i was thinking about like well okay giving him like playing ghost on him might be sick but then i'm looking at ionia and i'm like i'm not seeing anything that's going to help me either get him leveled up or ping the face so it's like cool he could get that you know that ghost as just an aggro thing but i really want to play him in that later game role sure. uh and i just kind of i kind of am kind of waiting to see how i find it because that's like the opposite of sejuani where She's stupid good. Doesn't matter if you level her up or not. Swain, I'm like, yo, I can rocket this guy to his, you know, full form by like turn three or four. Yes. But then getting that full value out of his upgraded ability is a lot harder. So it's mm. interesting. Yeah, he often kind he often uh comes in leveled up. Like I have found every game that I've played against him. What does he come down on? Turn five. Yeah, he's a five man. So yeah. I have found like almost every single time that they've come in on turn five. And and it's been amazing. So you've been messing around with Swain. I've been messing around. I have played the Sea Monsters deck. We're gonna talk about what we crafted first in just a moment. Like what was our first thing? Like what did we want to get crafted first? And what are we holding off on in just a moment? Um sure. so I crafted uh I crafted the Sejuanis. I also crafted the stuff for the deep deck, which is the one that I wasn't going to actually mess around with at all. I was not <laughs> interested in Nautilus Maokai at all until I, until I played against it and it completely trashed me. And I was like, second thought, this might be the coolest deck in the game. Um, so immediately crafted all this stuff for it and began playing, uh, began playing the, 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 the sea monsters deck and dude, sea monsters. Um, it is way cooler to play. I thought I would hate it. I don't like deck destruction, um, but it is way cooler to play than I thought it would be. And uh, I don't know if it's toxic. I know there was a lot of a lot of play of it on day one. I think there's been less play of it on day two. Um, but uh, day one, at least it was everywhere. And it's a lot of fun just burning your deck up. But uh, DBM, what did you what did you craft like day one? What was your what you dive into? Because I want to talk about all the mistakes that I made. <laughs> Oh yeah. Uh no, I, I immediately crafted three Swain because I'm a sucker for self-damage. Mm -hmm. Uh I immediately crafted um Ravenous Flock. Uh, basically all the all the control tools uh that Noxus, Noxus now has yeah. out of the out of the blue, which is amazing. And I, I can't wait to find a Noxus control deck uh that really capitalizes on the Noxus synergies. It's interesting because I, I get the feeling, especially, you know, Noxus wants 
like can control now, but it needs to keep bodies on the board. I don't think it's a, I don't get the feeling it's ever going to be a strategy that completely gives up on playing creatures on board. Like, you know, you can kind of play P and Z or shadow Isles where you just don't play things. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you just react, you play completely reactively. I don't think you can play a completely reactive, uh, uh, control strategy with Noxus. Otherwise, you would be better off playing something else. But I mm-hmm. do think that it's there, and just finding that right pairing. But Swain, uh, and then uh, you know I had to get those new stun cards from my boy Yasuo. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And let me tell you, Yasuo feels even stronger. I haven't lost with it yet. I've been annihilating all these like toss decks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, I mean, just any, I mean, the, the thing about these sea monster decks, right, is it takes a while to get going, which is fine. Uh, but they spend a lot of mana on these big guys and then they get stunned and, and then I attack nothing. their face. Yeah, right. Uh, you know, so it's just like, I mean, I, honestly, I used the problem with Yasuo was always like you had to include X number of stuns to make it worth running. Right. But a lot of the stuns you had to run were subpar. Like for instance, I would run like two or three steel Tempest depending on the build because I needed more stun. Yeah. Just well, guess what? This it. new, this new like dragon one where it, uh, summons a three, two after stunning something on attack or defense, like talk about strict or, or, or on their board. To steel Tempest. Well, right, right, right. Yeah. Like you can do it before you attack one I mean, more like, mana. The, <laughs> Yeah, Steel Tempest could only stun an attacker, and now you can do it to anyone, and you get a 3-2 out of it. And because I already run the one-mana recall, which I now, I think it's just called recall. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> since I already run that and three Will of Ionias, sometimes I'm just ejecting Yasuo back to my hand, um, you know, just to protect him because he's so integral to the deck. But I found myself recalling that guy to get an extra stun back. Yeah, <laughs> it was cool, man. It was really cool. And the ravenous flock is just absolutely degenerate. Uh, when you get those early game stuns, three guiles, three uh, arachnoid sentries, or whatever. Uh, I mean, yeah. Oh, it's very, very satisfying. And I will say, I ravenous chatted flock. with a couple people. Ravenous flock is the one mana deal four to something if it's stunned or damaged, right? Yeah, and no, I, I just think that card is yeah, I don't amazing. Like, I don't love that card. I don't love it because I haven't played it, and it only got played against me by DBN. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I think uh, I think Yasuo uh, is still going to be best with Noxus, but I, I did talk with somebody in our Discord. I'm trying to remember who it was I, I chatted with. Uh, I'm going to find it. But basically, we were talking about the possibility of looking into... Uh, it was Static Sheep. Yeah, uh, looking into going with uh, Bilgewater as the team up just because um, you can run uh, Twisted Fate. And we're going to talk about Twisted Fate. But uh, but he stuns, yeah. And and it's just a generally good card on all sides of the board. He actually just you does know, everything, realistically. He, he clears, does, he mean, stuns, he draws. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but I, so I've basically, uh, I'll tell you this, I'm not going to go into details on the deck, but I've basically built three decks that I've been really, really digging. So or, three updated decks. One is the Yasuo build, which is really no new champions in it. The other is, uh, my, uh, Swain deck that I ended up kind of figuring out. And after we played Mark, I was, I was, I sat there for like two or three hours, you know, trying to figure out a mid rangey build to play it in until I said, you know what? I give up. I give up. You give it up. I, I, without Bilgewater cards, I don't think I can build this mid range with Swain. So I'm going in a different direction. I'm going to aggro, but still with the self damage uh, packages. Oh, yeah. Like, all in on the self damage. Dude, um, Unscarred Reaver 
Ember Maiden. Uh, like they're so great for doing exactly what Swain wants to do. You put two Vlads in there, and then you kind of go the same route that um that like a PNZ Noxus build would go. You run the three decimates, you know, <laughs> like I, it's it's really good. It's really fun. Crimson Disciple is of course nuts, especially with Imperial Demolitionist. This new card, like that deals one to deal two to somebody, and when you oh deal it to gosh. your other two drop, you deal one to deal four to somebody, and it levels up your Swain. By five, by five points, and yeah. it levels up your uh, your whatever the other guy is that I don't play. Oh yeah, what uh, what is it? Vlad. Vlad, yes, levels up your yeah. Swain by five. Levels up your Vlad and deals four damage to the face for two mana. Are you oh, joking? Yeah. Come on. Oh yes, yeah. and your opponent can't up. react to it. Your opponent yeah. can't even react to it. Right? It's like a burst spell. Wait, no, oh no, no, no. That's uh, not they they can cancel the they can cancel the Imperial Demolitionist. But if they're canceling the Imperial Demolitionist, they're spending their mana on that. I think there's they have bigger things to worry about. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. It is a Um, skill. I I yeah, it is a skill. But I tell you what, I I absolutely adore that deck. I think it's my probably my favorite deck right now. And I'm saying that and take that seriously because Yasuo is still hugely a huge love of mine, but I am just absolutely loving being able to do something with self damage that feels a lot more focused than I was able to do before. It feels like even though it'll never be tier one, I don't think it does feel capable and, uh, and it just, there's enough cards to kind of synergize and capitalize on, on playing that style. I, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. There's been people experiment and I have seen more of the aggressive variant hmm. than I, it can yeah, burst. So well, that that's that's this is what I'm playing. It is a t- very aggressive. This uh, this Noxus Freljord um, with Swain. It's quite aggressive, mm-hmm. um, and still manages to get Swain leveled up by the time you want to drop him. So yeah, I, I love it. And the third deck, I'll wait to talk about until we talk about our main topic. Okay, yeah, sure. So I jumped into crafting like a maniac, and it was just like you know what, three Sinjuanis. I want them. I was like, that's that's a hundred percent for sure. I looked at the other stuff from the existing factions. I'm like, you know what? Kind of want Lee Sin. Lee Sin just seems cool. Want to experiment with them. I'm going to craft myself three Lee Sin. Got three Sinjuani, got three Lee Sin. Then I went over to Bilgewater, and I was like, I'm going to craft something over here for sure. There's five champions. Let's just see what I'm going to do. You know what? MF and Gangplank, going to craft three of each of those, okay? (laughs) Because I want them. Then someone was in chat, was like, you got to check out Fizz. I was like, you know what? Gave me three fizz. Gave me three fizz. So now I've crafted <laughs> a set of three of five different champions. And I'm like running out of dust in, in champion cards. But I got all of these champions, 15 new champions. So I go to try something out on the ladder, get trounced by sea monsters. And I'm like, I got to play this. So I went and crafted three Nautiluses and three Malkis. So I, I ended up crafting 21 champions. I threw a few bucks at the game, but honestly, I think I had enough between champion cards and things to be able to craft 21 champion cards on release. Now, I want to warn everybody who makes the same mistake as me. Now, in order to finish my collection of three of every single champion, I only need about, I think, 10 or 11 more champions. And I actually have 10 random champions that were given to me just by leveling up. Those aren't champion wild cards just by leveling up. So that means if I get more than like in the next three months, if I get more than two champions um, from random chests and stuff, I will actually start getting shards for them instead of getting them. 
That's like not a bad thing, though. It's like, not the most get... ideal thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess so because you can just you can just take those shards back into epics and rares and stuff and fill true. things out that way. True, you can fill things I mean, out that it... way. I think that it just is going to feel bad. My first champion that isn't a champion. Well, yeah, from a, from a pure like uh, a, you know, what is a dopamine perspective? Yeah. Like, <gasps> oh, boy, champion! Oh, 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 oh. you'll be you'll be chasing the dragon for the whole rest of the <laughs> rest of the set. Yeah. So I uh, and then I ended up opening a TF in uh, in my weekly vault, and then I got a TF on the uh, champion capsule. So I got it. I actually, you're gonna hate this. In my champion capsule, my champion no. capsule for Bilgewater gave me two champions and one of them upgraded to a wild card. So I got a champion okay. wild card and a TF from my from my ah. build, my first Bilgewater capsule. I literally this is stupid. There's like eight. I need like eight champions right now, and I will have a complete set of three. Well, no, there's more than that because I don't have any. I don't have any Quins. I don't have any of. There's two other. I don't have any Quins. I don't have any Swains, and I don't have any of the vise um but i'm only missing one bilgewater champion if i get a tf i will have a complete set of three of every one of them um which obviously i'll get because there's two more champion capsules in the bilgewater line for me so for so. all of y'all out there in the same position as mark where you have too many cards yeah. and you're worried about not getting more cards once you have all the cards you can take as advice for all the regular people out there who don't get a million champions in your boxes yeah. every week. <laughs> I get like four a week, man. I'm telling you. It's psychotic. I don't know. I've been like, it, it's like, I just assume that everyone is getting what I'm getting because it just seems, I don't know. just seems, it's just so lucky. <laughs> Mary Wallace Storms yeah. is in, in chat and he says, do not craft Vi lift. Don't do it. <laughs> he evidently crafted some Vi's. Um, so yeah, I've, I overcrafted. No, Mary didn't try to tell me not to craft Vi's. <laughs> DBN, craft them. You'll really like them. <laughs> you know, the thing is, uh, as, uh, as off meta as I am, uh, I probably would. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there, I mean, there's going to be a ton of experimentation, obviously a lot of stuff going on on the ladder. What I have seen so far is, uh, so the sea monsters deck, super popular. That seems to be strong and elusives of course are super popular because they're easy to steal and grab wins with. And it seems like there's a, like just hyper aggressive PNZ Noxus stuff that's been proven, tried and true. That's the stuff that people are going to experiment around with. But like the four, the front runner seems to be the, the, the going deep, uh, which sounds dirty, but the, the deep, the, the sea monster deck, that seems to be the one that was kind of like, this is the most clearly competitive deck kind of like right off the get go. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, you're right. The the only the only pairing is the one I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> Mary Wallace Storms is in chat and he says, "But you like Demacia, Ian. You'd like her. Definitely craft, craft that vibe." Um <laughs> yeah, uh, the most kappa. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no. Uh I, so so here's the thing. I've been trying to like decide because I've seen I've run into a lot of this Maokai Nautilus. Okay. Mm -hmm. I am I am not convinced that and I haven't played it. 
Uh, so I'm I'm about to put my foot in my mouth. Ready? I'm not convinced that Malachi is necessary. Oh, me neither. I, I, I don't know. It's it's it doesn't like any time my opponent has played Malachi, like in the early to even the mid game, it's been bad for them. It was a bad play. It's so freaking low tempo mm-hmm. and doesn't really do much until you hit that threshold and by the time you hit that threshold you're just dropping giant sea monsters and closing the game so it feels like i like one or the other you know but not but not both at that point like the sea monsters i i get just i just feel like the bodies especially that one that kills something with less power than it oh my gosh that thing's really strong if that card didn't Um, exist sea monsters is not nearly as good Oh yeah, I mean that's the biggest damn payoff mm-hmm. for sure. Oh my gosh. But like I think that I, I just don't see Maokai being in the same build long term unless you're maybe just running one token copy. Just because I just don't I think it might win a super grinded control mirror that can handle all the sea monsters, but sea monsters to haven't seemed like they've struggled with card draw either. Because you got no. that thing that creates sea monsters in your hand, the with with challenger. You got the one that um, uh that throws two out and draws two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, so, my deck would be better if I got rid of all three Malachi and put in three Jettison, which is just a one mana toss four. Right. Or I mean, I I'm not saying like I think keeping Shadow Isles for sure because that Shadow Isles one seems sure. decent. Plus, you get some nice control tools. But like, you know, instead of Malachi, just play Twisted Fate. Yeah, I mean, you could do that. <laughs> honestly, like, honestly, the whole goal is is just, like, level up your your Nautilus, get them on the board and play Sea Monsters and Treasures, and Jettison is just a better card than... Yeah. I mean, because if you play Maokai, you might be able to toss four, and it's going to cost you low tempo, it's going to cost you to put the creature on the board. You can just play Jettison, and it, for one mana burst, tosses four for you, and just gets yeah. you closer to being deep, and that's all that you really care about. Um, I think that it is, I, I'm playing it because it was kind of cool. Like I got it, actually got it off once. So it was fun, um, to, to see the, the little tree plant thing, just stir oh, up, yeah. stir up and get rid of someone's deck. But, uh, but I think the deck's just better without it. Yeah. Well, and I'm never one to poop on off meta fun. Uh, but I, I think like Nautilus and the sea monster package seems so strong and, uh, like the, the wind condition seemed to clash to me you know, between those two. So, sure. So I do think it's important to talk really quick and just let, let you know, like if you're a new, if you're a new player, we don't need to do like a big new player segment right now, but if you are a new player, I just want to give you a couple of things to be aware of that will help you in the beginning. Cause I think we do have some people who are going to look for that. First off every day, you're going to get a quest and you can save up to two rerolls. You don't just get one reroll a day. You can re-roll twice if you don't use a re-roll one day you will build up to two re-rolls so complete your daily quest every day they're usually pretty easy right now you are getting a login reward so for the first week of the game every time you log in you will get a reward eventually you will get a champion capsule and then eventually you will get an entire deck which is an ash deck it's a shadow isles failure deck and what's even cooler is that if you already own the cards that are in that deck you will just get gems for them they'll just straight up give you shards so i already own everything in that deck i'm quite confident um 
And and so what that whole deck, like I will just get shards for. So it's important to log in each day right now and get that. The next thing is there is a Twitch Prime promotion right now. So if you have Twitch Prime, you can link it to your Riot account. And right now there is a champion wild card, a epic wild card, a rare wild card, I think that you can get all of those for free by linking your Prime account and claiming it right inside the client. Finally, if you're new, you don't know this yet, maybe, but there is a weekly vault that you can level up. By simply playing the game, you can level up your weekly vault. Once you get to level five, you will get a random champion. Once you get to level 10, you will get a champion card. In addition to that, at level two, you'll get an expedition token, which gives you a free pass into a arena run. And you'll be leveling up your chest. If you get to level 10, I think you get like three platinum level chests or yeah, level yeah, 10. And to be clear, the, the level 10 champion is a wild card, so you can use it on any champion you want. Yeah, so if you get to level 10 in your chest each week, you will get a wild card and you can craft any champion that you want. Mm -hmm. um, the rewards panel in your thing is going to allow you to choose a specific faction, and as you level up the that, that skill line, it's going to unlock stuff that are going to give you cards for that faction. And so if you have a faction that you really like, you like their play style, choose that faction and start leveling that up. Most people leveled every, all of the factions up to level eight to start with. And if you haven't noticed yet, you're going to get bonus XP up to level 12 in all of your factions, except for Bilgewater right now, because Bilgewater is the new faction. So you can level up all of your things really, really, really quickly. And if you get to level eight on each of them, you're going to get a random champion. So that's a really quick way in a couple of days. If you play a little bit and you complete your quest within a first week, you can get you know, another six champions, seven champions really quick because of the factions. You can just level up every day um, one of your things up to level eight because it's just easier. Um, I already did that for Bilgewater. So, um, but there's something else with rewards that I think is important to talk about because maybe you don't know this. Um, DBN, did you know that they extended the reward trees an extra five places? Uh, yes, I did know that. But no, really? Yes. Wow. Yes, they did. So now all of the factions previously level ended at level 20. Now they go to level 25. So after level 20, you can now get a golden chest, a random epic card, a champion capsule, which is the best capsule, a wild capsule, which is full of wild cards, and at level 25, you get a card back that is specific to the faction, which is incredible. And the Bilgewater one is super, super cool looking. I mean... Really cool looking. Yeah. Really cool. Uh, so it's pretty cool. Speaking of cool Bilgewater stuff, kind of off topic here, but there was a really neat uh animated short that came out today. I watched the beginning of it. Oh, it was really fun. It was a blast. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. So yeah, check check that out. Um uh what is the oh the only other thing that I'm gonna tell you is when you go into play, if you are a new player. Um, there are things under challenges that have a long list of different like one-off little challenges that you can learn kind of like a base mechanic for the game. And it'll run you through those. You're just playing against the computer. You're solving little quick, easy puzzles. And every time you complete one, you get 100 experience. It's a quick way to rack up a ton of experience. And there's a whole bunch of them. You can sit down in one sitting and run through all of them. And they just released, I think, five new ones with this expansion. Yeah. So there's like five or 600 free experience sitting there that you can get. I think I did it in 15 minutes. I was grilling, I was grilling uh, burgers outside and I did them or chicken or something. I did them like 15 minutes while I was grilling. Um, super easy to do, but you can do those challenges. 
yeah, no, I knocked those out pretty quick, but it, it was nice to kind of introduce the mechanic. It also, I think, is cool because it'll give you the basic idea of how some of those cards, want, those new cards want to play, some of the synergies involved. I personally got way more interested in uh, playing Scouts after seeing how well it works with Misfortune and uh, some, yes. of those other, some of those other cards. So I was like, hey, now that's a really fun pairing and I would be excited to try that out. And even though I don't like Demacia, that gameplay style seems really cool. The scout, the scout MF build is, and I did not realize that MF's boat has scout. The siren, her boat, oh yeah, that, that summons a copy of her to hand actually mm-hmm. has scout. I didn't even realize that. Yeah, and and that that by the way, that Bilgewater scout card that looks like a merfolk or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That thing is uh, good. It's mm-hmm. real good. <laughs> yeah, it's five mana, four four with scout that turns something vulnerable. Yeah. Holy crap. Like that card is just standalone good stuff. And I think we're going to see it for a long time. Yeah, it, it 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 flew under the radar for me. I didn't even see it. Well, some of the cards, yeah, we just kind of got them all dumped like the day before. Like hours before almost. Like yeah. li- like literally like oh, I don't know, 15 hours beforehand. Yeah. Like I was like, reading I were... through them all. Yeah, there were still cards that I hadn't seen when I started playing. And I was like, what? When did this become a card? Yeah, that was actually because it was so hard. Like, I was reading through them all, trying to make through them quickly, and I missed keywords on stuff. Like, that yeah. card in particular, I did not realize had Scout. Um, mm. I didn't realize that the boat had Scout. And there were some cards that had Elusive that I just didn't realize had Elusive. Yeah, I've been seeing a lot of the uh, Fizz people i don't know what those things are called they look like little stitches from Lilo yeah yeah like those fishes fish people yeah they're little not not murlocs um and they uh yeah they're really cool because i don't know if they're going to be good but they're really interesting i love a tune as it kind of pertains and you know to building a deck that wants creatures and spells and i think that's something that we've seen we haven't seen a ton of decks Mm -hmm. that want a you know a healthy dose of both we see it kind of there's those staple spells and then you end up going mostly creatures or you go mostly spells with just the really good creatures so i i like that encouraging of i want to you know mix my mana each turn between the two and and facilitate that and i i think that's really cool but i've been seeing a lot of that one um that's that pulls a spell from your deck that's a and that has that having elusive uh, that one I didn't I missed it when I first looked at it and I was like ah what it's a four mana two two yeah pulls a spell and has a tune but I was like oh it's got elusive yeah there's a lot of stuff going on with that card mm-hmm. yeah uh, Mary Wallstorm says they're coral creatures they're coral creatures no. coral creatures this is okay, why we need Lasergician to come on the show again to explain to us what the heck the lore is just every time we have something we're like what the heck is that he's like uh. They're coral creatures. Get it yeah, together. Yeah. And we'll be like, yeah, okay, we're, we're hosting the show, right? Okay. Yeah, we, <laughs> we know for sure. So uh, the other thing... Wait, they are, re- we, go ahead. are we talking cosmetics now? You, real quickly, yeah. Oh, yes. Okay, so they released a bunch of cosmetics uh, that went along with the show, which we knew they would. We knew they would. So real quickly, they released emotes. So they have a whole bunch of emotes from every for basically every champion. The ones that don't come standard, you can buy them for 190 coins each, which I actually think is is cool. I think it's cool. Um, I like it. Uh, they, they're not necessary. Therefore, they're cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like card backs, not necessary, but cool for 490 coins a piece. You can get the loose cannon, which is a jinx card back. The unforgiven, which is a Yasuo card back 
or the Might of Demacia, which is a Garen card deck, which I would buy one if there was an Ash, but there isn't. Please make an Ash one. We These got, are so funny. They are. We got New Guardians. So uh, we got Bailey, which is the one that I bought, which is this like icy Cyclops corned creature. Um, I don't know what it is. We got the Powder Monkey. And if you were a uh, if you were in the beta, you got the Moonstruck Poro as well as a gift, which you can only get through being part of the open beta. Um, you bought you bought one of these too, didn't you, DBN? I did. What'd I bought a cosmetic, guys. What? Hey, that's never happened before. Uh, yeah, I bought a guardian. I bought myself the new best uh, guardian, the best boy, which is the powder monkey. The powder monkey. He's cool. And he's so funny. Like uh, every time like your opponent hits you, he like puts up his fisticuffs, you know, <laughs> and then uh, when you deal damage to them, he does little uh, like gun shooty uh, motions and then blows out the smoke that literally comes out of his fingers because he's a powder monkey. It's so funny. I love that guy. Yeah, he's really cool. I, I really like Bailey just because she shoots like ice lasers out of her face. And I really wanted to go with an icy board. So I bought the frail yard. This is the first time I bought cosmetics for the game. I said, I'm going to wait for it to come out. Then I'll throw some money at it. So I threw, I think 50 bucks at the game and actually didn't buy any cards only bought cosmetics so far, just bought the icy board. And I bought, uh, I bought Bailey, the, uh, the guardian. Um, we also got a new board and that new board is the slaughter docks, the slaughter docks, which I'm is, buying it right now. Are you really? Dude, yes. it's pretty sick. It's a really cool one. And and there the cool part is is there's actually some stuff that goes together decently well now. Um I saw someone playing Gromp Jr., which is the frog on the on the on the board, the new board, and I thought it went I thought Gloomtooth would look good on it too. Um mm -hmm. and now we have I guess Bailey is the is like the frail yard one, right? Because we hadn't received a frail yard themed. Yeah, we had PNZ. I don't know what scaled snapper is. I don't know where that thing belongs, but I guess that's Ionia, Probably right? Nowhere. I think it's Ionia because there's like there's like oh, a, oh yeah, it's definitely Ionia. I'm just saying it doesn't fit like the other ones do. Yeah, yeah, not quite as well. Where does Gromp Jr. go? Where does Gromp? He's the frog. Uh... I mean, because the basilisk is definitely Noxus. Gloomtooth is definitely Shadow Isles. I think Gromp's just generic. Is he just Gromp Junior? Yeah, because he he's cheap. Well, well, no, he's the same price. I mean, he came out in the base game though. You know, I think he goes really well on the original board, which has the little river running through it. Yeah, that's true. So th there are all kinds of cool cosmetics. Um, and obviously we know what mine and DVN's favorite were: Powder Monkey and, and Bailey. I think Bailey is definitely cool. Like if I had to pick a second, like the, if I was going to buy another one, mm -hmm. it would be between Bailey and T-Hex. But I think I would go with Bailey because it's just like this icy Eldritch horror. And I like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I think my next one's going to be Gloomtooth and I'm probably going to end up buying the, uh, the, the the board, the pirate board because it is Slaughter Docks is so cool. Also... It, I really like the change that they made for cosmetics. By the way, guys, like I know that there's going to be some people who are free to play that are yawning like, oh, they're talking about cosmetics. I was like, well, the, what I love about this is that like it's so nice to spend money on fun things and and be not like, necessary. OK, like I not necessary and don't feel like you have to spend money 
on booster packs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so like the fact that I really have spent my money and I've bought a couple champion wild cards early in the game, but spending my money doing things that are, you know, kind of just fun. And it's, it almost feels like I, I just feel more invested in the game because I feel like the game is invested in me as a player mm-hmm. uh, yeah, because they've that. given me those cards to enjoy it. So I, 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 yeah, but so like I, this is the first game I've, I've ever really geeked out about cosmetics, like really. Well, and they made um, them beautiful too, so that doesn't hurt. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. And like, I'm not going to spend a ton of money on these things, but I will definitely spend some money. Uh, and you know, hints the powder monkey and the uh the slaughter docks slaughterfish docks but you know i'm also looking at these emotes and i'm like these are so fun they are and, they did a really good job on the emotes and i'm looking at several of them where i really want cheers you know i really want um not sure if where quinn and the and valor are both doing the uh-huh. mm, like oh at the same time it's so good i think yasuo's uh, one is really good too i think yasuo looks super funny yeah um, y'all the problem i have with this one with the yasuo one is i can't i didn't know it was yasuo right away okay yeah that's and that's what threw me off about it uh but gotcha is definitely like gonna be the most bm one to have is misfortune <laughs> doing the finger gun yeah oh my god uh-huh. so much bm yeah they'll also, definitely be a fair amount I think nice might also have some pretty high BM potential. Yeah. They're going to have to be a little bit careful of that, but let's face it. Riot has been known for their ability to capitalize on cosmetics, not their uh, overly healthy communities. Um, well, you know, we can all, you can always, unlike in other games, you can always just click one button. will stop you from getting spammed with emotes. Uh, yes. You know, so just boop. Easy. Uh, the silence option is one that I'm glad it exists because every once in a while I'll have someone just spamming. Like I'm sitting there thinking if somebody will start spamming the Heimerdinger and I'm like, I'm allowed to think. Yeah. Silence. <laughs> goodbye. I have done yeah. less auto squelching in this. I started auto squelching in Hearthstone and never really quit. Um, I always squelched in, in, in Tessel. I've done a little less in this because I don't mind the stickers quite as much as like the voice lines, the stickers are more okay for me than the voice lines. Um, Royal shines as he bought trend Trindamir's, uh, and also Lux giving the thumbs up. I think that Lux's is really, is really cool too. There's yeah. really none that I've looked at, that I was like, funny. and I kind of wanted Thresh's just because it's like completely unique, right? It's completely different looking than any of the rest of the emotes. Um, because it's Thresh and, uh, you know, I don't know. There's there's yeah. a lot of cool stuff. The other change, and in, in, in DB and I am curious to know kind of what your thought on this, because when I looked at the patch notes, I was like, this actually might be one of the most substantial changes I've seen them make to the game, period. Yeah. Is previously in this game, when you had a board of six creatures, you were limited. And we've talked about this before on the show. It's a major thing. You are limited. You can't play anything else. Now, if you have a board of six creatures, you can play another creature and choose a creature to sacrifice. However... That creature is obliterated, which means it does not trigger any of the effects. For example, like Cursed Keeper, I think, is one of them that does one damage when a creature dies. One of your friendly creature dies. That won't affect. If you have a last gasp ability on one of your creatures that you want to trigger, it's not going to trigger by you doing this. It uh, literally obliterates it. So it's not quite, it's like a mix, right? Like Hearthstone, you had a max board size. Tessel, you had a max board size, but you could sacrifice creatures. And sometimes you actually did that to gain the effects of them dying frequently. 
this is kind of like a mix between those two. I just feel like this is going to have a huge impact on the game. DBM, when you saw that, what was kind of like, as a pretty serious and pretty competitive card game player, what was your first thought on the implications of that? Uh, I actually felt like it is going to make the game harder for them to balance. Mm. Uh, because the thing is, it, well, okay, I've, I had several thoughts. First thought, gut instinct, I'm glad. There's a lot of times where I wish I could do just that, especially when I play Heimerdinger. I feel like Heimerdinger is one of the most frustrating characters for me to play because I want to maximize value, but then I get stuck with a bunch of little bots that are kind of crummy on my board, yeah. especially when I play like Pursuit of Perfection, right? So I'm looking at it like, well, I, I really want to get rid of these, but I can't. And, you know, so my first gut reaction was, oh, sweet. I can do more things that I want. I have more agency. I have more decisions. I can do, I can play my strategies and not, you know, box myself in quite so much. But the reality is it is removing one of the skill points of this game, which was using your board space as a resource. The six things, the six slots you have are a resource in and of themselves. Um, and that's something that I think is a non-obvious factor until you get that game where you box yourself out and your opponent says, oh, I'm not killing any of those guys because I don't want you to play something scarier. You know, spiders will occasionally run into that issue where they're like, well, crap, I've just flooded a bunch of one drop spiders and I can't do anything with them, you know, and I'm not, I have this bigger threat I want to get down or this answer to one of their cards that I need to play and I can't. Um, and it doesn't come up so much that I think this is going to ruin uh, the game because let's be honest, the having a maxed out board and having it matter if you can't play something new is pretty rare. Typically, if you have a maxed out board with the exception of some swarm decks, the game is already tilted in one person's favor or the other. And this is unlikely to shift the, you know, the win percentages in that situation. But I will say what it does do is open up some really rough situations for balancing whereby by anytime you have a card that could say, whenever you play a, a creature, whenever you play a unit, if you're ever able to generate a situation kind of like abomination and, um, um, Elder Scrolls Legends. I forgot the name of the game I played for so long. <laughs> uh, if you ever have that situation where you are benefiting from just by getting more things down, um, you know, you potentially run into an OTK or, a, you know, a Absolutely. looping situation that you just have to be aware of. And I'm not really worried about that in uh, Legends of Runeterra because of how often they patch. Uh, but I'm just saying, like, I do think it adds, it both adds and removes skill bad players aren't going to realize that they can make a play a different play by replacing something specific and then figuring out which of the things I have out do I want to replace with you know for this new thing which thing do I remove yeah what cards are more valuable there is skill there but there was also skill in the crap if I know I need to plan ahead I need to plan ahead so I know I have board space for this thing or just so that I don't know that I'm going to need this but I might, so I need to leave board space. You know what I mean? Like there was skill there and there's skill now. It's just reallocated to allow the player with the cards in hand uh, the ability to do more, to realize yeah. those cards onto the board more often. Um, and I think that that's ultimately going to be a more feels good thing, whereas sometimes these six slots uh, 
could be a a frustration generating thing. I think overall it's a good change for the health of the game and the mentality of the player who's making decisions. Um, it's just something to keep in mind from a balance perspective. Yeah, I think that they have sort of a built-in balance because of the action economy here because you can't just in in many in many cases some of these other games where there isn't the action economy the back and forth you can just go off right um and there's still the potential for that right like that you can just find a way to go off with burst spells or or whatever the mechanic is but it is it is far more limited it gives your opponent far more opportunity to interject and say eh i don't want you to do that i have removal i can interact here um, that being said, I agree. Like as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, I'm terrified because of, because of the way that I've seen it's been exploited in previous games. However, I have found that it's been very enjoyable for me. There has been a couple of times now where I'll have a failure build that is board that is full, but I have two omen hawks that have been sitting on the board that my opponent just won't block because I've been giving them bigger things to block. Well, now I can get rid of that, get my hearth guard on there um, and buff my deck and get rid of my one, one omen hawk. I've also found that decision to be kind of rewarding. Um, your opponent cannot now just say, well, I don't really care about your board. You filled it up with stuff that I don't really care about. I'm just going to play my game and never remove any of your stuff and stick you with what you have on board so that you have to skip your entire turn, basically. They can no longer do that, and I like that. I think it allows, allows an opponent who's playing mid-range to keep pressure on a control deck in a positive way. Um because that's been I we'll see we'll see how it pans out there I, I think that it is going to be a harder thing to exploit than what it could have been in other games because of the action economy of the game yeah yeah for sure so I mean I'm not genuinely worried about it I'm just like noting that there is potential there absolutely um, and I I think ultimately it's going to be more enjoyable because you can do that yeah, I, I like the change. I personally like the change. Something to keep an eye on, but I like the change. Um, We do want to move on to our key subject for tonight, which is a champion spotlight. So for this episode and the next four episodes, at least, we're going to be doing a champion spotlight each week, taking a look at a specific uh, champion from the Bilgewater set and focusing in on what they do and 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 kind of high, how they might be best used. Obviously, this week's going to be limited because we've had like less than 48 hours to play the game with the Bilgewater champions. We haven't had a lot of experimentation time, but we're going to talk about one anyway. Before we get into that, we have two other orders of business. One, I want to go through and thank our five incredible, amazing, unbelievably cool patrons because I don't do that enough. So our, our five patrons, Big Salty, thank you. You're the man. Jake S., you're the dude. Thank you. I think you've been back. Dude, you've been backing us for four, for like four, three, four months. Thank you. My boy, Jonathan S. Dude, he's been, he has been backing us for six months now. I think since we've had a nice. Patreon. We got JM, and I'm not going to say your full name, dude, because I, I believe it is Jeff, and he doesn't like that, so we ain't going to do it. Jeff, been backing us for five months. Thank you so much. And then M or Matthew Z, which I'm like 99% sure is Royal Shine, who's in the chat with us tonight right now. Thank you, dude. Thank you so much for backing us. Been a our, our number one backer, our number one supporter um, for the last two months. So thank you so much for supporting the show. And I believe also Royal Shine is the one, if I'm correct, who backed uh, our Discord as well. 
um, and and helped us get uh, that hyped, hyped, better audio quality. Um, it would show it in, in just, I wish I had it up, but I'm like pretty sure. I hope I'm not messing that up. If not, I'll make sure I make the correction next week. Um, Roshan, if you're still in the chat, let me know because I'm like pretty sure that was you. So thank you guys so much for supporting the show and investing in us, giving value where you see value. We deeply appreciate it. So thank you so much for that. The other thing is we have to give a hat away. We have to give away a hat. We have to give away a hat. So uh, DBN, I have given numbers out to because I failed on the hat giving away thing. I have given numbers out to every person who has left us a five star review. Um, and actually, I think there's one guy in here who gave us a two-star review. I haven't threw him in there. If I don't... Hey. He might get a hat. Not that he listens to our stuff anymore, so he won't end you know up what? getting a hat. He won't, he won't know. Like, if he doesn't listen, if he gave us a two and then didn't listen because he gave us a two, you know, then he won't know to get his hat. He won't and get we'll give hat. it to somebody who gave us a five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, the, the, the correct hats are on their way. I got record that they shipped yesterday. So... They're on their way. We're going to have the hats, and then we're going to get the ship down. DBN, I gave random numbers to every person, a one through nine, random numbers. Mm-hmm. I need you to give me the number that's on your heart, that's deep within your mind, that's at the bottom of your soul, so we can announce the winner of this month's hat. This is completely random. I promise. Gotcha. Okay. So with that in mind, I think I have to pick my all-time favorite number, the number that uh, symbolizes humanity in literature. Uh, and the number that uh, has been my jersey number uh, for uh, you know all through college and on every club and mixed and team and men's team that I've played on sixty three uh, since. <laughs> nope, that is number four. Number four. Number four. Okay, so let me go look. I I I can almost guarantee you that you picked our two star review person. If, oh no! If I I think you did. I'm just gonna go look. This real is like quick. this is like how this is this is how I don't get champions in my capsules, guys. <laughs> the number. This and is I, how I gave these out completely random so that you would definitely know um that i would literally never do oh we had another person who like literally the review just showed up within the last couple of minutes and i think i had missed it okay nope 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 this person was not one of our two-star review people or our two-star review person i'm across them off my list um it is local solly local solly is our winner of the hat local solly thank you so much for your review congratulations thank you so much we do have two other five-star reviews that i have to get in there though um the first one came from gray jedi and it is uh it's really just that simple the number of podcasts for lor seem to be steadily increasing and i'm definitely starting to see the difference between the wheat and the chaff good job y'all thank you so much i don't know if there was like a beginning to that comment but that's that's the comment that i got and then we also got a review a five-star review from mary wall of storms and it says know these guys since the tesla days yes sometimes they ramble this is a five yep. star, keep in mind it's a five-star review but they both have good <laughs> strong voices and are perfect background to a morning run bike ride or commute we're glad to accompany you wherever you go Absolutely. we're glad to come to you wherever you go and Take you guys in your pocket yeah and you guys were in the you guys were in the running for the hat this month so we keep putting you back in okay we keep putting you back in for the winning of the hat the winning of that and we are actually going to do a giveaway uh, a hat giveaway for patrons as well we just want to get the hats in hand and make sure that they're the right thing before i start giving away hats to patrons too so we got something going on there nice, oh nice, nice. And okay are we gonna pull another one next week what 
for patrons. Are we gonna are we gonna pull another no a normal hat uh, for reviews? Are we gonna pull another one next week? We do one a month. One a month. Okay. One a month. So we. How did, do I not know this? I don't. I don't know. One a month. This is the last one in <laughs> April. This is the last one of uh. Is this April? This month is April, right? Yeah, the last one of May three. Uh, so sure. We'll pull another one at the end. We'll pull another one at the end of March. I um, swear, guys, I help out occasionally with the podcast. Yeah, he does. He he gets on. He gets on the disc. Sometimes he texts me back. Um, so <laughs> that's more of an inside joke than you know. But no, he yeah. actually does really good at texting me back. Um, let's uh, let's talk about our champion spotlight this week. It's going to be about twisted fate. <laughs> I guess you can win them all. And Ian, why don't you take us and, and tell us about Twisted Fate? What does he do? What's his deal? Oh, what? Oh, okay. Uh, I was going to say, well, what do you want to know? You thought I you thought <laughs> I would just run us through Twisted Fate. Maybe you don't know. Yeah, Maybe you haven't well, played him. Listen, he's a cool guy. He's basically Gambit uh, with a cowboy hat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, no quarter staff though. I mean, and I don't think he has a, uh, I don't think he has a, a Louisiana accent either, which is, I think, maybe a downside. Uh, that's one of the most endearing parts about Gambit. Uh, no. So what we have here is, in my estimation, uh, the most flexible champion we have ever seen in Legends of Runeterra. Uh, this is a four mana. 2-2 two, two stats with quick attack. So, you know, as you can see, obviously very understated for the cost, but for a good reason. Because when you play Twisted Fate, you choose one of his three cards. And I had the pleasure of playing some League of Legends for like, I don't know, maybe the second time ever. Uh, and I ran into this guy two games in a row. Quite mm. annoying. Apparently what he does is he plays these three cards and then throws them at you. Well, guess what? When you play Twisted Fate onto the board, you get to choose between these three cards, of which I had become distinctly acquainted with, uh, and uh, play one of them against your opponent. You get the choice of these three cards. The blue card, the gold card, and the red card. The blue card uh, will refill the spell mana and then draw you a card. The gold card will deal to and stun the strongest enemy. Now, that's really important. You don't get to target with this. It will hit the strongest enemy. Yep. Um, I, I did see what someone, I think, misplay thinking they could target with this. Mm. Um, and I was like, oh, I see why. Because I didn't make sense to me why they picked the gold card. And I was like, oh, they thought they were going to get to target. No, it only hits the strongest enemy. And you can see whenever you hover over strongest and weakest, which I think is really important. Uh, because I play that Minotaur Reckoner a lot. And I always have to remind myself the order. But it'll show you if there's a tie for highest power, it'll show you how the ties are broken down by health and then cost. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's worth looking up if you're ever unsure what it's going to hit. You can kind of math it out. And then you have the uh, the red card, which will deal one to all enemies and the enemy nexus. And as I've realized... Damaging the enemy nexus has become very, very important for many of the champions that came out in this set. Um, so that's really cool that this will enable those just as it will enable, you know, plenty of other things between drawing cards, stunning enemies, dealing damage, etc. So uh, and then once you've played or once you've drawn eight cards while he's out, once he's seen you draw eight cards, and that is a that's a that's a tall task, you know, um, then he'll level up. And after that, I've never seen a leveled up Twisted Fate, and I don't want to. Oh, I have. It's uh, awful. It's the worst. 
yeah, uh, three becomes a three three. The first three times I see you play a card each round, I play a destiny card. Wow. Uh, yeah, it starts to get ridiculous at that point. So make sure you kill this guy before he levels up. Yeah, and and keep in mind this is uh on your opponent's round and on yours. So like you're attacking and every you play three cards and he plays three cards. Um, and then on your opponent's turn, they're coming to attack you and you play three fast spells and he plays three cards right then and there, drawing you a card, giving you a spell mana, stunning the most powerful enemy, dealing two damage to it and dealing one damage to the entire enemy board um, and the enemy nexus. It just is a bonus. It's bonkers. Dude, he's crazy. Yeah, he's very, very, very good. I did, at first I was like, nah. no, I don't think when you level him up, you don't get to choose, right? He cycles through those three cards. Yeah, when I first looked at this guy, I th thought because I had the impression that they were going to make a balanced character. I thought that it would play a random destiny card. It would just play one. I was like, no, it's not going to let you choose. Then when I found out, no, it, it lets you choose. I said, oh, my, I guess I'm crafting three of these, which I did. And I have yet to regret it. Yeah. Um. So the thing is, like. This guy is always going to be in a situation where if you don't have a better character to play and you're playing Bilgewater, you probably just throw this guy in yep. to max out your champion slots. Um, because he can be so good in so many different situations. He is great at slowing down aggro decks, like really good because if there's multiple characters with one health, you can snipe multiples with his red card. If there's a big thing or even not even, maybe if it's not even a big thing, maybe it's just like that, uh, that, uh, what is it? The one mana three, two that can't block in Noxus. Sometimes that guy can just be a huge pain in the butt. You drop this uh, Twisted Fate and you play the gold card and you kill him. Or even, you know, even if it's a Draven, you stun him. Well, great. I didn't want Draven attacking anyways. Yep. Um, there's just so much that this guy can do. Really seems quite good against Elusive because Elusives tend to have, there's several with uh, only one health. Yep. Um, and even if they get one really big one, like at, let's say after a Jewel Protector, then you definitely want to get that stun down. Um, yeah, I, I mean, we can I can go on and on, but the reality is the flexibility of this card has rendered it instantly, in my mind, one of the most potent champions in Runeterra, full stop. I can see myself, if I have a deck that is mostly one faction and I'm trying to decide what I want to dip into, I mean, I can see myself heavily considering Bilgewater just for this guy uh, if I have the champion space. So I just uh, typed in chat real quick just to confirm when. So when you play him, you get to choose a card when he levels up. Every time you play a card for the first three cards each round, he will play one of his cards. But it isn't completely unpredictable. He plays them in a specific order. So he will play a blue card. Then he will play. So he'll play a blue card, draw you a card and refill his spell mana. He will then, on your next card you play, play a red card, which deals one damage to the enemy and the en all enemies in the enemy nexus. And then his third card each round, he will play the gold card, which does two damage and stuns the strongest enemy. So you do know, okay, I really need to get to the red card this round 
um, it, on my opponent's turn to clear some stuff, I need to throw out two spells. I need to burst something and then throw out a fast spell in order to ensure that I can get the red card out this round um, to clear some of my opponent's stuff. So you don't get to choose once he's leveled up every single time you play a card the first three every round, but it is predictable, which is huge. I mean, mm -hmm. huge. If it was random and you just could get the blue card like five times in a row or the, you know, I don't know if that's better or worse, but the, the I think I think more knowledge is always better and randomness is going to really upset people in any game. In fact, Riot just put out an article about their view on random randomness in card games, which we're not going to talk about tonight, but we will on a future episode. Um, yeah. yeah, he's good, man. You know what's the other tough thing is if you see that you're playing against Twisted Fate, you're really put into a tough decision, especially as an aggro deck. Like the way that you take trades, the way that you uh, offer trades to your opponent when you declare attacks starts to be get like starts to get warped as you try to play around both the red card and the gold card at the same time. And, and my current theory is you you really can't play around both. Since you get to choose, there you'll you by not playing around both at the same time, you basically play into one of them all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, because they're gonna just pick whatever the best one is. And so, I mean, you can set it up where, oh, well, I don't have a ton of one, you know, one health things left on my board. Like I'm making sure I'm keeping their health totals above one. Well, then they're just gonna go and play the gold card. And if you're spreading your, you know, if you're keeping your creatures buffed, let's say through things like, um, I don't know. Um, Bloodsworn Pledge. I don't. Not that I think that that would be the one you would use, but you know, if you're keeping your things buffed by that, or the new card, the new, uh, the new three mana uh, card that gives a plus two plus one, right? Yeah, if you're uh -huh. using that, or or just anything like that, you start going wide, you start, or you start building your creatures up taller, right? Well, then the, if you build a taller creature, they're more susceptible to the stun. If you go wider and your creatures are are weaker. And they're way more susceptible to the red card. And so, like, it's tough because you you can't play around both. And since it's not random, they're always going to pick whichever one is better. Obviously, you would expect them to, mm -hmm. um, which means play, you either play around both or none and just hope they don't have him. And the first <laughs> card that they play each round replaces itself. Because it's going to play the blue card. Oh, well, that's if he's leveled up. I'm just straight yeah. up talking about if they play him. Oh, just unleveled up. Just straight just up. unleveled up. I'm talking about, like, if you're playing into Twisted Fate and you're like, well, it's turn four. They might have Twisted Fate. How have I built my board? Is it going wide or is it going tall? Either way, I get punished. You know, you can't rely on playing. Oh, you know, because, like, because that's the thing. A lot of times you can look at, okay, here's here's I know that, like, um, like, I know that PNZ has some really good um, you know, pings, they've got their static shocks. So I'm yeah. playing in something like easy or uh Heimer, like I know that that static shock is a threat, and so I don't want to get those, you know, multiple one uh health one health minions out. Yeah. minions, right? I can build a little taller and protect myself. They're gonna have to play multiple mystic shots and they want to kill it, right? Um, if I'm playing against Shadow Isles, well, okay, hey, I know that they've got that uh vengeance. Vengeance, you know, or Ionia. I know they got will, so I don't want to buff my creatures too much. You know, too, I want to spread my buffs around so they don't get mitigated when they get bounced. You know, you can play around in that way, but it, it just simply because Twisted Fate comes down on four right at the time where a you know a mid range or even a control deck is starting to want to 
you know, remove their creatures, flip the board. They probably didn't have a whole lot of high tempo plays on turns one through three, but now they've got spell mana to start doing something about it. Um, that's right when Twisted Fate's coming down and is able to exploit your whatever weakness your board position has. Um, and because you could just purely because you get to choose. I think that also makes Twisted Fate a really fun champion to play. I have absolutely adored playing Twisted Fate because I have the options uh, at my disposal. And yeah, the Quick Attack is actually a, a really nice aspect of the card that I didn't expect to like, but it makes him much more potent when dealing with an aggro deck because that Quick Attack means they can't just, you know... They can't disrespect his trade because they'll he's got the quick attack. If you can buff him with something, I've been playing him in a Sejuani build, yeah, uh, as a kind of mid rangey uh, Sejuani build, and I'll run Omen Hawks because I run Omen Hawk. I have a hard time cutting Omen Hawks, and even in decks that I should cut Omen Hawks, yeah, uh, he's just I have good. a hard time cutting Omen Hawks. He's just good, yeah, yeah. It helps you with that early game. He's if I'm good playing mid range. He's just good. He's just good. Uh, you know, and uh, you get him buffed with an Omen Hawk even better. But really, like, I come to, you know, P- Twisted Fate comes down on my turn. Let's say I'm I'm on even initiative. He comes down. He removes some of the stuff, whether it's, you know, pinging a bigger guy, the, the biggest guy for two and stunning him or doing one to everything. He comes down and then he swings uh, and he has quick attack. So they're not removing him. So he's going to get a second trade when he defends, you know? Yeah, uh, or at least stall for a little bit longer. Yeah, that, I totally overlooked Quick Attack until I was playing him, and it I, all of a sudden I was like, "This really does make that little difference um, that kind of pushes it over the edge." And I think he'd still be good without Quick Attack, but I think it so is too. definitely a boon. I tell you what, he works great with too. By the way, is Ember Maiden. Ember Maiden has become probably my—I don't want to say my favorite card this set, but but definitely top five cards. Ember Maiden has been absolutely killing the game for me. Uh, and Ember Maiden, you know, coming down, getting a couple whirlwinds off, and then Twisted Fate coming down for another whirlwind, it can really just end games early against aggro decks. I've actually been thinking about throwing Ember Maiden in my Sejuani Ash deck because I'm running the Ruthless Raiders, which are the two mana three ones with Tuff. And let me tell you, it feels really good turn one to get Omen Hawk, turn two, pick up that Ruthless Raider off the top and get a two yeah. mana four two with Tuff and Overwhelm. Holy cow. I'm t- that card is good. I, I, Ruthless I Raider is great. I think what Ruthless Raider does for my mid-range failure deck is it just allows me to pl- apply pressure and defend early on in a way that I didn't think that I was going to be able to with that deck. Um, yeah. It just allows so much more control of the board. Back to Twisted Fate. So I have played against <laughs> Twisted Fate in two scenarios, and in both of them, he leveled up. So Interesting. In, in one game, I played against him in Arena, and he leveled up in Arena because I just couldn't deal with him. Like, there was just no way for me to get rid of him. And once he leveled up, I basically never got the board control back. He, the guy constantly had cards in hand. He never, ever ran out of cards. He was constantly being able to play spells. It reminded me a great deal of playing against Heimerdinger, actually. Mm, um, yeah. a, a lot about playing against Heimerdinger a turn earlier and just a little bit different. Like he didn't have the ability to swing back as much because they weren't able to get this three, one elusives on the board to put pressure on me, but the, they just never lost cards in hand, right? That mm-hmm. it, very similar to Heimerdinger. The other time I lost to him was I played against, it was a twisted fate. It was a, a bilgewater PNZ game and they played Heimerdinger twisted fate. And I was playing Sejuani Ash 
And uh, I actually got the Tusk Grader or whatever to go off, which doubled the attack of everything in my deck. I pulled a 14-16 Sejuani out of my deck with that thing. A 14-16 Sejuani. And I still lost because of leveled up Twisted Fate. Because he could just keep stunning stuff. He could keep removing stuff. I can't tell you how many times. A 14-16, and then I kept drawing it. And then they played the other card that goes super good in this deck, which allows them to steal cards out of your deck. So yeah. he would he would get red card off, hit me, hit that, plunder two things that have had their health and attack doubled and also been buffed twice by my hearth guards before that. So they all had plus two, plus two, then doubled all their attack and health. And he pulled those from my deck. And so he controlled the game with Twisted Fate, stole my good cards that I had buffed throughout the game with his plundering abilities, and then played them and beat me with my own cards. It was a very frustrating game to lose. Yeah, that's that sounds like a rough one. I mean, but keep in mind, you know, listeners, uh, you know, you can at any point in that, you know, chain of events, if you have the tools in hand, which unfortunately failure would really Oh, it doesn't. doesn't. Have... It doesn't. Like, it's terrible against this card. Really bad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but a Mystic Shot, you're good. You know oh, what I mean? Oh, yeah. There are tons of factions that actually, my experience, I've lost a Twisted Fate twice playing Freljord. And the only mm -hmm. way Freljord gets rid of this is really is by freezing it and then using Challenger on it. Right. Or weakening it, which typically doesn't work because if you're playing Twisted Fate, you're playing enough control tools to get rid of that Challenger that's trying to challenge it. I don't I don't think this card is broken and I'm not uh you know I don't I'm not trying to complain about him in any way. I think he's really cool, but he's definitely strong. Um, yeah, very much, very strong. Maybe overpowered. I'm I I won't say broken yet though. Yeah, he I think that you know I've played I've played all of the champions now from Bilgewater a little bit and I think he feels Nautilus feels of course really strong in the specific deck that he's in. If you can get him out, he ends games. But Twisted Fate feels much stronger than, in my opinion, MF or Gangplank or Fizz. I'm willing to be proven wrong about that, and I probably, I don't know, I might not be. Well, I mean, it, it just comes down to the fact that Fizz, Gangplank, MF, I mean, uh, what's, what's the other one I'm missing here? Nautilus. It's, uh, uh, Nautilus. I mean, all four of those, maybe a little bit less in the case of MF and Gangplank, but still even those they kind of force you to build around them. Twisted mm -hmm. Fate doesn't care if you build around them. Mm -mm. Twisted Fate is Twisted Fate. He's just going to do his thing, you know, in the same way that, like, you have some characters, like, say, Hecarim, uh, that it doesn't matter. You, you can build Ephemerals, but you don't have to. Yeah. You know, especially old school Hecarim, you know? Yeah. Uh, before, like, pre-nerf. Uh, and you have those characters where, like, they're just good on their own. You can put them in pretty much anything. They're going to get that value. I mean, I kind of feel that way a little bit about like Elise. I kind of feel that way because it's so easy to build spiders, but you also like don't have to go all in on spiders, right? Sure. I feel that know. way kind of about Draven personally. I feel like Draven is just a great all arounder. Garen is another one, even though he's a little expensive. Um, Trindamir so to a like, certain extent. Yeah, to an extent. Yeah, if you're planning to go late in the game, Trindamir. You don't have to do anything to build with Trendomir. Mm -mm. But that's what the difference is between Twisted Fate and a lot of those other examples is that Twisted Fate, um, whereas like Draven, you know, whereas Trendomir, the downside to putting him in anything is that he's expensive. With Draven, the downside of putting him in any in just about anything is that, well, he doesn't control. He's pro very proactive, right? Very proactive. Um, same with Elise, you know, very 
you know, proactive or rather it can be reactive if you put the spiders in. Um, but you know, it's, it, that at least doesn't require you to dip into spiders at least enough to get that level up or to threaten that level up. And I think that's the biggest thing that makes at least such a component in things like Karina, right? Mm -hmm. Is that threat. Okay. I have to do something about Elise or dot, dot, dot. Right. Yeah. Um, Hecarim, same thing comes online later and is only board centric twisted fate. Twisted fate is does it all that that's that lower it's not stupid cheap but it's it's quite affordable it comes online at the right time in the game for his reactive tools to be quite useful but in the later game when you don't need his ability he can still cycle a card uh it's just that that maximum flexibility and i think it's okay to have a card like that but that is why he feels so much stronger than a lot of the other ones because MF and Gangplank, they're going to need time for people to refine them, refine those decks, figure out those best synergies because they will only thrive in those situations. They're not going to be good unless you can find that way to optimize them. Twisted Fate doesn't need to be optimized. He can be. Uh, you you can you know figure out a deck, I'm sure, that wants to draw eight cards and then you know monopolize his leveled up ability, but he doesn't have to be. He's happy to just hang out and throw a card at something once per game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's super strong. He's super. He might be the safest. I mean, if you want to play sea monsters, obviously Nautilus is the safest champion craft of this set. If you want to play just controlly type games, if that's like what you like to play, sort of like drug out, grindier, controlier games. I think Twisted Fate is definitely the safest. I'm not convinced of Gangplank, MF. Uh, or fizz yet enough to say definitely craft them i've played with them i don't love any one of them so far i i would go i would go as far to say i don't i don't think twisted fate is relegated just to control i think twisted fate is an excellent mid-range card not that we've seen a ton of successful mid-range but i think we will mm -hmm. i also think twisted fate can even be an aggro card not the best maybe um, but if you have a slower paced aggro deck, which right now we tend to only see high tempo aggro. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you ever have a kind of more uh, board centric, you know, build things up and you just need a couple reactive tools, Twist of Fate's very good. I think he's the maybe he might be the card that unlocks true mid range in this game. Uh, yeah, he's he is. I've actually seen him played in aggressive decks too. That just, yeah, I mean, I control my, the board with I mean, them. My, my Sejuani Twisted Fate deck is built with the intention of playing like a um playing like a mid-range um you know Hearthstone or Tessel deck. It want it has a nice blend of proactive uh you know tools and reactive tools. It can press the advantage with some you know lower costed things, but can also react with those same things. That's why I think I, I just really like Ember Maiden in general. You know, and then it finishes off with Ash at the top end. But, you know, or not Ash, excuse me, Sejuani at the top end. Um, but I think the Twist of Fate is going to be that card that because it can come down so effectively, flip a board, stall out, but still be a little bit of a presence and it's flexible enough. I, I mean, I, I just I'm so excited to try it out in all the other factions in building a traditional mid-range list. Yeah. Uh, the, I mean, the options are so, they're all there. And even Mary in, in the chat says it literally goes in every single deck. Um, and, <laughs> and uh, you know, I, I won't go as far as to say that, but it is, it's a really good card. It's a really good card. It's quite good. 
Yeah. Well, let's work on getting out of here. I think that's going to be our champion spotlight for this episode next week. Come back because we will have another champion spotlight on episode number 14. And we are going to look into having Laser Gishin back on the show in the hopefully near future to do a Laser Gishin's lore corner, which uh, we have to figure out exactly how that's going to work yet. But we want to do a segment on that to look at Bilgewater lore um, because I'm sure it's awesome. Um, but yeah. uh, DBN, how can people get plugged in with you and get connected with you, man? Well, this weekend I am hoping to put a couple of YouTube videos up. I'll probably uh, show you guys the newer build of Yasuo just because I'm obsessed with Yasuo. Um, and also probably some Swain and something like that. So I'm hoping to get like a batch of videos out over the next week. Uh, so that's going to be on YouTube at uh, Dead Broke Nerd. Just search Dead Broke Nerd. I have nothing else besides that. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter. Click the link in the show notes. Oh, we put in the show notes now. I put in Sweet. the show notes. I say find Dead Broke Nerd, and then I put your YouTube. Aww. I put a link to your YouTube in there. Well, that's very nice of you. I yes, you. you can click on the show notes now. Uh, and uh, if you ever want to get in touch with me, ask me a question about something. Discord is the premier way to do that. Uh, you can just ping me. Like, feel free to to at me in our Discord page. Don't at me in another Discord page. I'm probably not there. Yeah. <laughs> would be useless um yeah join our discord um the link is in the show notes um also you can find me at uh twitch.tv slash the lift t-h-e-l-i-f-t um i stream rune terra or something else usually about once a week we do live stream this every week right now on my page um and i do live stream uh typically my DD group or my forbidden lands group whatever we're playing at the time on thursday nights and during quarantine right now i am doing that basically every week um, so it's basically Runeterra, uh, D&D group, uh, the live stream for the show. So tune in there and you can get plugged in with me, but also discord. Like I'm checking discord throughout the day, um, every day. So definitely plug in with me over discord. Um, that's gonna wrap up this episode at DBN. Do you know, do you know what's happening this Saturday? Oh, uh, no. What's happening? Saturday? There's no way for you to know. I'm turning 32 on Saturday, dude. What ancient bro, ancient 32 yeah. old man over here. I know. I was thinking about doing a birthday stream. I was thinking about doing a birthday stream, but then I'm like, nah, oh, man, no, one, no one wants to celebrate being 32. And my wife and I are gonna go to a Mexican restaurant and uh eat food in our car uh uh with plastic forks like a couple of rats in a in a cage. Um <laughs> that's, that's all I wanted to celebrate, man. That's all I wanted to celebrate. She's like, we can put masks and go to Target and look at board games. Yes. Ooh. <laughs> what a fun birthday. What a fun birthday. Oh guys, that's it. There's a little bit of banter for you at the end. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to this week's episode. We deeply appreciate you. You are awesome. You're incredible. Come join our Discord. Our listeners are amazing. Um, that's it for this episode of Legends Cast. Be sure to come back again next week. Thanks for listening to Legends Cast. This episode was made possible by listeners like you. If you want to become a supporter of the show, visit patreon.com legendscast or leave a rating and review wherever it is that you listen to podcasts.